the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. And your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. How are you doing? Got a good show for you planned today. Lots of guests, which is uh, Irish for lots of guests. Lots of guests. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Money show is coming up. Improve your investing and trading skills. Get some specific recommendations. Meet your investment goals. Uh, Money Show kicks off this week, Thursday, August 24th through the 26th. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's in San Francisco. It's free, but you have to sign up online at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. So it's just a quick registration thing. So you'll have a little badge waiting for you. Gene Munster is going to be there and Ed Yardini, two of my favorites. Big time... uh, uh, guests on CNBC, but there's also a guy who does options, a person who does no-load mutual funds, uh, a company called the Stock Whisperer, the Prudent Speculator, Euro Pacific Capital, Fidelity Investments, uh, talking about retirement, and much, much more. You can find out more at kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. Now, we just had a total eclipse of the heart. Bonnie Tyler came out on Wall Street yesterday and, and belted it out. And we're better off for it. Because how do stocks do after total eclipse? Well, a total eclipse is a blockage of sunlight, but not a blockage of the do-re-mi. The stock market has historically caught fire after past occurrences. Get this, equity prices have climbed by average 17.2% in the year following a total eclipse. So is it going to happen again? Absolutely, positively, maybe not. Most recently, stocks rose 9.9% after a big eclipse in 1991. History has shown us that since 1900, any time a total solar eclipse has been seen, stocks have gone up. It appears our biggest worry isn't what stocks might do, but whether those glasses uh, we bought online are officially approved by NASA and or how blind are we going to get. I saw a couple athletes staring at the sun yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump, who not an athlete, uh, but lots and lots of people staring at the sun yesterday. So all this research, oh, it was Odell, Beck, Odell Beckham Jr., just for those who want to keep uh, track at home. Let's see if he drops any passes this year. 
now, do you want to take it as a grain of salt that historically that the stock market goes up after a total eclipse of the heart? Turn around bright eyes. There's so many other drivers. You know it's not the eclipse. Um, but maybe some of these drivers align with the solar calendar and the, the witches and the Wiccans come out and, and pull it off. And it isn't a coincidence. I think you have to believe in witches and Wiccans to say that. The SP 500 is about eight and a half years into a bull market, already the second longest on record. And that goes back a hundred years. In continuation, uh, of a bull market like that, it would, would be difficult forever and ever. It would be, you know, growing to the moon. Boom, 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 we're going to the moon. Uh, will corporations keep growing earnings? Will the economic conditions remain robust? Tune in next week as Batman battles the Riddler and answers all these questions. Should you ever invest based on the solar system? That's probably the serious question that I have. And I would say absolutely positively not. That's me. Things like fundamentals, valuation, technicals are still what drive the markets. I'll say that one more time. Fundamentals, valuations, technicals. Elsewhere out there. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. I always have seminars coming up. There's one coming up uh, September 9th, uh, day after my sister's birthday. September 9th, it's going to be in Marin in San Rafael. You can sign up for it. It's a morning event. You can sign up for it at um, robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. And uh, use code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's RADIO25 to get in for free. Um, new report, not really a new report, slightly old report, but a report is out. The iPhone 8 reported packs a face scanner that unlocks the phone in milliseconds. Samsung's Galaxy 8 also features a face scanner, though it can be fooled. The face scanner can be an alternate to the fingerprint reader. 3D face sensor on an iPhone will allow a user to unlock the device in a few hundred milliseconds, or almost instantly. Apple's iPhone 8, expected to launch sometime this fall, isn't the first phone to use this sort of feature. Samsung's Galaxy S8 also features a face scanner, like I said. Um, Apple's 3D sensor may be more secure than Samsung's uh, technology, however, which can be tricked with a photo. The iPhone 8 is said to be chock full of new features, ranging from an edge-to-edge uh, uh, organic LED screen. That's more colorful and brighter than previous screens. Wireless charging and more. It's expected to launch in September in very limited qualities. Not saying you should do this, but, <coughs> excuse me, I think I got the black lung. I know you're saying, Rob, did you grow up in a coal mine? I did not. I did not. I actually went into a mine once, but I think it was called the Tunnel of Love, and it wasn't quite that. It was in Aruba. Worst tunnel of love ever. Uh, a, there was no love, and B, it wasn't quite a tunnel as much as it was a cave that was tough to get around in. So... Been there, done that. Other stories of note today. Now, do you like the idea of a face scanner? Or do you think that's just them getting you to spend $800 for something you wouldn't spend $800 for? Hmm. Elsewhere out there, um, looking in the world of stocks, uh, Boeing shares contributed the most gains on the Dow after the company received a government contract for intercontinental ballistic missile system replacements. Time to upgrade the nuclear arsenal. I know you're saying, um, is, is Sylvester Stallone playing Rocky again and is he fighting Drago? Are the tensions that great? Are we tearing down, are they building up a great wall and then tearing down that wall? 
um, different president. So uh, the NASDAQ doing quite well. Tech sector um, has outperformed this year, but over the last month it slipped, so it's seen a little bit of bouncing today. Federal Reserve officials are expected to be joined by European Central Banker President Mario Vandraghi and Haruki Kuroto, the Bank of Japan governor. Uh, investors are going to be on the lookout for any commentary when uh, they talk this week. Central bankers are going to gather Thursday night in one of the most highly anticipated Jackson Hole symposiums in recent memory. The only holes I like are donut holes. Because why waste that, that, that deliciousness of dough that's cooked in a jacuzzi grease? Um, genius, right? But out of the um, big symposium this week, central bankers will be gathering and they'll be robbling. And most no one really expects Janet Yellen or Mario Dragon to break any new ground with monetary policy. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll give a tinker of like, hey, we may not be doing anything for a year. We may be doing something in six months. We may be doing something sooner than later. You know, now that we're buying back our own balance sheet, which is kind of a weird concept, it's like, you know, you have no money. Your wife is like, honey, you need to go get a job. And you're like, I'm going to go print money in the garage. And uh, I'm going to issue debt to myself. And then one day I'm going to buy back that debt. It's like, whoa. Breakdowns right now um, on Wall Street to be, seem to be very, very short-term nature, right? So, again, because we had the solar eclipse, stocks typically go up about 17% in the year after, so we're all good. Uh, the galaxy is telling us, the solar system is telling us we're all good. Money Show coming up um, this Thursday. You can sign up at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Flamboyant, irreverent, over the top, smart as a whip. That's how I'm described on KDOW's webpage, which is a bit silly at times, but it is okay. The Money Show in San Francisco is also on the KDOW.biz website, and you can go find it right now, and you can get a uh, podcast of my show. You can improve your investing and trading skills, get specific recommendations, meet your investment goals, all at the Money Show this week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in San Francisco. You can attend for free. Uh, nice location, pretty easy to park. Um, best opportunity uh, for you to learn a little bit more uh, from some of the people that have been there, done it. I really like Gene Munster and Ed Yardini. They'll be at the show. You can sign up for free at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. Biz. Elsewhere out there, 
Millennials are following one of the better rules of investing. And this is, to me, good. Um, there's a pretty good app out there called Robinhood, which lets you buy stocks with no commissions. Now, they hit you up pretty hard for other products, but it is what it is. If you want to buy stocks at no commissions, you can. On Wall Street, the strategy is known as buying the dip that suddenly uh, millennials are doing. Um, it's popular because it allows investors to get into a trade at a discounted price. It can also backfire, of course, if you catch a falling knife. That's exactly what investors using smartphone brokerage app Robinhood are doing, according to one of their founders, Baijubot. Um, he gave an interview recently where he said, you know, um, obviously users of Robinhood skew younger, viewed a market downturn in the first quarter of 2016 as a buying opportunity. Anxiety over the Chinese economy sent stocks into a tailspin for a few days, ushering in the worst start of the year um, last year. Um, you know, those are the days that they saw the biggest deposits they ever had. So Charles Schwab, the $3 trillion asset manager, released a study showing 75% of millennials report they would want to talk to a human advisor during a complicated situation. Um, so apps aren't enough. Um, CFP Chad Burton has a couple of different tiers of service as a financial planning group. And uh, obviously you do sometimes need that, you know, other angle. So the financial sector consumer, the financial sector consumer often needs that extra human contact when you know market moves lead to unexpected losses. So have a plan. Contact CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com or come see him at a show coming up, um, an event coming up in Marin, um, the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar in San Rafael, September 9th. You can sign up for the event at. RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Now, something I like hearing is war. I know you're saying, you're a warmonger. I knew it. I'm not a warmonger. Um, cell phone wars. There's a new mobile price war about to get underway, maybe. Uh, Verizon, the nation's largest carrier, said it's going to be restructuring its unlimited data plans offerings into two options, Go Unlimited and Beyond Unlimited. The Go plan, roughly $5 per line cheaper than Verizon's current unlimited plan, that starts at $80 for one line, will limit video streams to standard definition quality and offer mobile hotspot data um, at non-4G LTE speeds. The premium Beyond Unlimited will be $5 more expensive than the current unlimited plan, allow for HD streaming capped at 720 uh, resolution for phones, 1080 resolution for tablets, calling texting and data in Mexico and Canada and 15 gigabytes of mobile hotspot at 4GE speeds as well. Beyond users will also take priority over Go users at times when Verizon's network is congested. So um, so if you're going with the super plan, it's going to be $200 a month essentially for a family of four. Um, because you get tiered services. For a family of four on the Go plan, it would mark a savings of about $20 a month or $160 a month. Um, those with Verizon's unlimited plan, which starts at $80 for one line and costs $180 for four lines, will still be able to keep their current plan plus an extra five gigabits of mobile hotspot data at no additional charge. It's getting a little complicated, right? But it's kind of a new unlimited war. And I feel I, I'm not going to say I feel good about it, but... I guess I feel good about it. Macy's is doing a little bit more restructuring, uh, shaking up a little management and targeting some job cuts to try to get better margins going. 
Um, Macy's just in trouble, right? So, when will they find their level? They say that water finds its own levels. Um, is that the case with Macy's as well? And I think there is something to be said about that. Um, interesting study. And this is a good study because it's all about money. I think life is all about money and sometimes death is all about money. Um, pet owners are willing to do almost anything for their beloved cats or dogs. From shouting out big bucks for Halloween costumes to paying for thousands of medical bills. When it comes down to the latter scenario and pet owners are are typically forced to choose between substantial vet bills and the life of their furry friends. Dog owners are willing to pay around $7,000 more than their cat-owning counterparts. So when it comes down to substantial vet bills, dog owners are willing to pay about $7,000 more than their cat-owning counterparts. Okay, now this makes me stop and think. Are dogs more more lovable than cats? I've had both. I once uh, had a cat named Kit Kat. And uh, I would crawl out of bed because I'd plant our fascia in both feet. And I'd crawl over my desk. And uh, this was back in the day of big old honking monitors. And the cat would jump up on the monitor, probably clogging it up with cat hair. But she thought I was looking at her when I was actually looking at the screen. She's a pretty vain cat, you know, kind of like me. I'm good looking. I'm very good looking. I'm sexy. But okay, dogs don't really get that... Dogs don't really get that vein, do they? Dogs are going to jump on top of your monitor. They'll protect you, which is kind of fun. So listen to this. According to a new survey, which found that dog owners say they're willing to spend $10,725 to save their pets, while cat owners say they're only willing to spend $3,454. Hmm. Do you think that's true? It tells you that pets are expensive. You know, though biggest claim right now on homeowners insurance is dog bites. Owners who had both say they'd be willing to spend $10,200 on a cat and $10,400 on a dog. Huh. I guess it's not good to be a cat these days, but with that being said, Americans spend a collective $44 billion per year on pet supplies. Individual dog owners put an annual $2,033 towards their pets on average, and cat owners about $1,000. So you sometimes wonder why you're poor. Sometimes you're wondering why you're not funding your 401k. And it's your dog. Now, if your dog or cat is terminally ill, give me a call. I'm going to start a service where I'll come take care of the animal for you. And I'll be like, I'm going to take the dog or cat to a special place, and it's going to be wonderful. And uh, let's, just say, let's just say that dog's going to get shot, because that's the kind of guy I am. The old Darwinian wood shepherd. Or the Dogwinian wood chipper. Wow, that build is pretty crazy. Oh, there goes Fido. Let's let's throw in Fluffy. You've got to be throw in Fluffy. Let's throw in Fluffy. Where's my wood chipper? Oh, it's unplugged. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. There goes Fluffy. No sick days, no snow days, no unions, no taxes. And they wandered towards home, kings of their castles. What a strange, strange world we live in. Join the conversation. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, 
Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Those who don't have lose, those who got get given more, 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 more. I'm Rob Black. Long time no talk with Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. Someone I've been talking to for years and reading for even longer. Briefing.com is an independent source of domestic ed international equity analysis. Uh, great source for just kind of bringing you up to speed. Uh, no commercials, no advertisements. It's pretty darn cool. Find out more at briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, you've taken a little time off. I've taken a little time off. End of summer. What have we missed in the last couple of weeks? Well, hello, Rob. First, yeah, it's definitely nice Hi. to be talking to you again. Uh, and, uh, yeah, secondly, with respect to your question, um, you know, I came back from vacation, and, uh, and obviously there was kind of a, a new chapter of political drama that was um, stirred up while I was away last week. But I think in the end, you kind of walk back in with the sense that it's a sense of sameness, you know, in that um, there hasn't been a lot of change other than, you know, the movement you've seen in the major indices, but in terms of the the broader macro stories behind all of that, uh, we kind of just still seem to be talking in circles around it all, and uh, and we're kind of just sort of just trudging along here through through the final weeks of summer. Now, you brought up something about while you were away, um, something cropped up on Trump and Things like will Steve Nunchin stay and Trump gets angry. A um, couple tweets here, a couple tweets there. I saw a headline while you were away and I was like, I thought of you because anytime I go away, it's like, oh, this company finds the cure for cancer. I'm like, oh, if I was there, I would have made money. Um, do you have any regret when you're away? Because I saw a headline that says, stop paying attention to Trump. And I kind of agree with that is if as an investor, you can't really pay attention to political news and headline news and sometimes not even stock PR news. You know, did you hear that Apple's going to have a, a face scanner? I'm like, don't really care about that. I care about how many kids I see carrying apples around at the gym and such. Are you able to disconnect and um, enjoy vacations or do you too look at the, the newspapers on occasion? Yeah, well, I do try to uh, actually fully disconnect uh, when I when I do get away um, and I think it's good it, you know it just refreshes your mind and uh, and even if you're not like reading all of the news of the day it uh, doesn't mean I'm not thinking about it um, but right. you're doing it sort of in a more <laughs> relaxed uh, environment obviously so um, I, I suppose ever since I was on vacation uh, at the time uh, Bear Stearns pretty much collapsed in 2008, uh, I always walk away with a sense of angst that I'm going to miss something really, really big. So so I might check in, you know, once or twice here and there, but but I do try to take it as an opportunity to really just spend all the time with my family and, and just kind of try not to think about the, the everyday goings-on in the stock market. Um, uh, and and I've, I've found that it's been kind of a rewarding approach here, and so now I come back with a fresh mind, um, kind of ready to take on the market again, if you will, and to uh, uh, to think about things in a new sense. And uh, there's obviously a lot to think about these days and how it might ultimately impact the stock market. So, uh, you know, it's going to most likely uh, shaping up to be a pretty busy fall, I think, uh, obviously on the political calendar, and uh, and it may very well be on the, the central bank front as well. And so when I wrote an updated market view 
uh, a little bit ago, um, I suggested that essentially, uh, you know, politics uh, and central banks were going to be the uh, the catalyst for the market one way or the other in in the second half of the year. And because of that, you would likely see some increased volatility because there's so much uncertainty surrounding both of those elements uh, that, uh, you know, you're going to run through this period where where it might be very difficult to get a line on, you know, what is going to happen. And sure enough, Congress is coming back next month, and it's going to have to take up the matter of, um, you know, the debt ceiling increase, you know, right away, as well as trying to figure out a budget. Uh, and I suspect that uh, neither of those things will, will occur easily, and we may be in store for another uh, uh, another incident of 11th hour drama before something gets done. Did you hear you don't need to worry about anything? You can go on vacation because the year after a solar eclipse, the stock market's up 17% on average. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't hear that, but that is that is uh, nice to hear uh, today, certainly. so. Uh, but I, I think uh, really, you know, if anything's going to eclipse this market, um, it will be interest rates. Uh, and right now, the sun is still shining, you know, as it relates to interest rates. They remain low. Uh, and I think that because of that, you have uh, traders uh, and market participants that continue to feel as if they have some incentive to, to buy the dip here on this relative value trade in that stocks, you know, relative to, to fixed income instruments appear to be the better alternative. So um, so if we're ever going to see a, a total eclipse of the stock market here, I think it's going to be ultimately related to, you know, rising interest rates that potentially bring on, you know, a recession. Um that's not in our immediate forecast, certainly, but uh, but that's certainly a risk factor that we need to consider. Okay. Um, I like all this where we're going. I see the markets are near all-time highs, but we also had an analyst on CNBC say, this volatility is too low. We're coiling, and at some point in time, we're looking for a big correction because no one seems to care. Uh, when there's no volatility, it's like everyone's happy, everyone's content. End of summer, it's bliss. It's been an up year. We got the eclipse going on. Um, do you think the volatility? Have we become a little too apathetic? Well, I th- yeah, I, I do believe that there there has been some some complacency uh, in the marketplace that uh, nothing bad will happen because you always have a central bank there ready to provide support, or or you do get you know some last minute political solution that you know helps keep things uh, on the up and up, um, and so I think. Uh, since the financial crisis and the measures that were taken to to arrest that crisis, I think there is this mentality that uh, you know you can trust that those things will continue in the event you get something bad that happens. But I think now that we start hearing central banks and particularly the Federal Reserve uh, sounding as if they are trying to extricate themselves from that emergency, you know, policy crisis management. Um, it, it could be a little bit more bumpy here uh, in the second half of the year and, and, and even in the months beyond that uh, as we adjust to the reality of getting back to a more normal um, uh, stint of monetary policy. Um, so, you know, in one of the continuing themes in my market view updates essentially has been that, uh, you know, fundamentals factors continue to be supportive in that you have low interest rates, you have strong earnings growth, you have low inflation, um, and, and that's a good thing. But, of course, you've seen you know the multiple get stretched because of it. 
And now that because you are trading at a full valuation here for the market, I think one needs to be cognizant of when they may ultimately need to access uh, their equity holdings for cash. And if you have a near-term need for cash and your source of funding is going to be your stock holdings, now is probably the time to get a little bit more conservative and to start you know, looking to pair back on some of those positions. And obviously, if you don't have an immediate sense or a need for that cash, uh, then you have the ability to ride out whatever volatility might happen here, I think, uh, and, uh, and stick to that long-term investment mentality where you dollar cost average. So, uh, so timing is, is, is key, uh, and everyone has a different risk tolerance and different, uh, you know, needs for, for cash at any given time. I'm pretty apathetic about my risk tolerance at this point in time because I have so much time left, Mr. O'Hare. Um, I look like I go, I, I'm going to probably be investing for another 15, 20 years before I start you know, managing it and pulling it out slowly. It, it, am I making a wrong assumption? I know it's an assumption, and I know assumptions make asses out of you and me, so I kind of <laughs> feel like I've answered my own question. Well, you know, I think you know, I'm... I'm probably in the same boat as you are, Rob. Um, I feel the same way, that I still have a pretty good investment time horizon ahead of me here where I don't need to, um, you know, freak out at every headline that comes across about North Korea. Um, Obviously, if, you know, if we went to war with North Korea, um, there's no escaping the fact that the stock market would not react well to that. Um, And and I just, I think that's where you just kind of Take a step back and review portfolios and 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 those holdings that you know maybe have done so well uh, and and you have to look at you know uh, your allocations really if they've gotten a little bit out of whack and you just rebalance right uh, but if you have that long long investment time horizon um, then yeah I think you can afford here to to stay invested and I think probably the the greatest benchmark in that respect is that if you look at what happened in 2008, 2009, where the S&P 500, you know, fell 50% plus, if you held on through that period, you're now up, right? Um, and that was eight years ago. And so, so someone who had a long-term-minded approach and didn't need to sell at that point in time, uh, clearly they wrote out one of the most traumatic events in stock market history uh, and came out still a little bit fuller on the other side of it. You know, assuming if they were just say invested in an index fund, but but uh, all in all, seemed to be okay when it was when it was all said and done here. Thank you so much, Mr. O'Hare. As always, you do a great job, and I look forward to reading your column, page one, every morning at briefing.com. It's good to have you back as we roll into the fall sooner rather than later. It's Mr. Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. Everyone should check it out. It's a great resource. I've been using it myself personally for 15 plus years, and I've been tied towards it, um, it seems, for about almost 20 years now, my whole radio career, because um, it's a great source of information. It feels very non-biased. Of course, there's always some bias in the world, right? Um, But I feel pretty good about it. You can find out more information about Briefing.com at Briefing.com. You can find out more information about me at RobBlackShow.com. Don't forget, I always have an event coming up around the corner. This time it's going to be in Marin in September. And it's um, two hours in the morning, all about retirement and income. To get in free, you can use the code RADIO25. Coming up, we're going to be talking a little money show.
Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So Google announced yesterday during the eclipse that they've got a new operating system coming out called Oreo. It's a co-branding uh, name, of a co- uh, name of a software uh, with Oreo cookies, obviously. It's cute. Um, I've been using Apple's new operating system 11. It's the beta 6 now, which is pretty far in. It's nice. I really like the way they've changed the control center, and they've changed some fonts to make everything a little bit nicer. Um, but nothing groundbreaking, in my opinion. A lot of evolving and not a lot of revolution. Speaking of revolution, the best CFP I've ever met 20 years ago made me want to drop everything and merge companies with him and talk to him and listen to him and... Uh, find everything out I can about him, CFP Chad Burton. You can hear him 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tuesdays and Wednesdays on KDOW. Here's a snippet from his show this morning. I got an email from Alan. And Alan said, Chad, I heard, I have heard your, excuse me, let me start again. Chad, I have heard your frustration in the past regarding taxes for the self-employed. It looks to me like I cannot deduct the insurance premiums I pay for my family health insurance on my corporate return. Is this correct? All right. So, Alan, I'm assuming that you're self-employed and you're the owner of an S-Corp or an LLC tax like an S-Corp because that's where this question is probably coming from. And I've voiced my frustration about how this works because, I mean, as a company, you focus financial. We pay over $150,000 a year for our employees on full coverage for families and uh, on, on our health insurance plan. And I just never really feel like it's deducted properly, especially for the owners in the company. Because it's just such a roundabout way to deal with it. The S-Corp itself can deduct the premium it pays for the shareholders that are over 2% owners. But then it's treated as compensation to that person. So the S-Corp, this corporate return gets the deduction, but then the owner has to claim that as income on the W-2 and then there's a way that you can deduct that again on line 29 of the form 1040. Why does it have to be that complicated? It's our tax system is such a complete joke. Let me give you another issue. Is your social security income taxable? Well, if you take your modified adjusted gross income, which includes your tax-free income plus one half of your social security, if that number is over 42,000 as a married couple filing jointly, then 85% of your social security is taxable. Was Congress drunk when they made that up? I, I'm that's the the stupidest thing ever. If it's over thirty two thousand, fifty percent of your Social Security is taxable. Well, okay, what's modified adjusted gross income? Well, what's adjusted gross income? What's modified adjusted gross? That includes your tax free income. Then you have to add one half of your Social Security. Why not all of your Social Security? Why not none of it? Wait a minute, wasn't Social Security pulled out of my paycheck as a tax, and now I'm paying tax on it again as I take it back out? It's just, it's it's a joke. We definitely need tax reform in this country big time. So you, you can still deduct it. It's just a frustrating form of deduction in my opinion. My bigger frustration be, is the fact that as an owner of a company, I can't do an FSA account. I have four children. I would love to be able to put money into an FSA plan pre-tax so I can take it out to pay for certain things. But I can't. Um, even though I'm a job creator, I don't get those same tax benefits. So a couple of t- quick tips then for the self-employed, especially those that are you know self-employed, no employees, maybe except a spouse or 
part-timer to person. Um, you can you can look at some of those on on TurboTax's site, but you've got business use of a home or dwelling that sometimes people forget about. It's a little bit less complicated than it was before. Deducting automobile expenses, this is where you can track it, and there's now apps that you can use to do that. Taxpayer may file the actual expenses that a person has incurred or the standard mileage rate that the IRS said in uh, 2016 was 54 cents a mile. Depreciation of property and equipment. That's if you've got something that is expected to last longer than a year, you can depreciate it on your tax return. Educational expenses to keep up with continuing education or things like books, web courses, local college courses, things like that. And um, things like mis- advertising and promotional expenses that people forget about. Whenever you're self-employed, try to just get one credit card that goes that handles all the expenses to make your reporting easy. But if you're self-employed, you have to realize that, first of all, before you go self-employed, that when you look at your paycheck right now, pay attention to the line called FICA. That's basically your Social Security tax. And at a, at a basic level, we'll just call it 6.2% that you pay, and then 6.2% that the employer pays. Now, there's other FICA, FUDA, SUDA, all that kind of stuff is involved, but let's just let's just talk about the, the, the FICA piece for a minute. When you go self-employed, you immediately have to pay then both sides of that tax. You also lose all of your benefits that your employer is paying for, and then now you're also the employee and the boss. So before you go self-employed, you have to realize that you should be making 30% more gross income being self-employed than if you're working for somebody else because of the benefits and the FICA. That's basically the self-employment tax that we talk about. That's why people say, I pay a 15% self-employment tax. They're talking about the FICA. But there are other savings strategies that you can do. One of the easiest ones is self-employed is an individual 401k. And I'm Rob Black, and that's CFP Chad Burton, a little taste of his shows in the morning. You can hear him Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 6 a.m. I do Mondays and Thursdays at 6 a.m., a show called Stock Talk, where I feature a little bit more geared towards investing and stock ideas. I used to do that back in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was a show called Stock Talk on CNET, and uh, it was pretty popular. So I'm trying to revise the brand a little bit. Um, I do it Monday and Thursday. CFP Chad Burton does Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 6 a.m., what about Friday? Friday is a replay of the best of those four segments. Um, so we try to find, out of those 16 segments, the best of four of them. So you can find out more at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Big retirement income strategies and state planning seminar coming up in San Rafael on September 9th. It's going to be from 10 to noon at the Four Points by Sheraton San Rafael Marin Room. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's about two or three weeks away, so sign up now at robblackshow.com. The closer you get to retirement, the more you need to start thinking about how you can get the most out of your nest egg. Hi, I'm Rob Black. On September 9th, I'll be in San Rafael, along with CFP Chad Burton and attorney Michelle Lerman, for a special event focused on retirement income strategies and estate planning. We're going to help you get a better picture of how to manage your retirement income so that it lasts longer, lets you live comfortably, and protects your family. Which accounts you should draw from first? What's the best way to manage your IRAs and your 401ks? How should you handle your Social Security? We'll cover all that and show you how to minimize your taxes. And we'll go over retirement products, which ones are the good ones, which ones to avoid. 
What if long-term care becomes an issue? That could drain your entire estate if you don't protect it. Just the tip of the iceberg. Join us Saturday, September 9th, 10 to noon at Sheraton San Rafael. Register now at robblackshow.com. For KDOW listeners, we'll waive the $25 fee. Just use promo code RADIO25 when you register. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Hope to see you there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.